Good morning, friends, and welcome to this place where we at Black Mountain Bigger Churches are meeting at the moment. We meet here online instead of in a building due to the coronavirus and the fact that our buildings are still closed. But even though our buildings are closed, we are still the church. We are still living, loving, and serving in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We move on this morning to the fifth installment in our series, where we've been looking at the marks of the early church as they're found in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And the five marks that we have identified are 1. Gathering around God's word. 2. Doing life together. 3. Sharing the Lord's Supper and other meals together. 4. Praying together. And 5. Growing in number. Today we move on to that fourth mark of the early church, praying together. Prayer is not an option for only a select few. Prayer is for everyone. Prayer was for everyone in the early church, and it has been for every Christian ever since. Christian faith is all about our relationship with God through Jesus. It would be very strange to have a relationship with someone and never communicate with them. The relationship would soon drift apart. And prayer should never be something that we feel we have to do in order to earn favor with God or to tick off a list of things that Christians ought to do. Rather, prayer is how we grow and prayer is how we deepen our relationship with God. Paul the Apostle writes that we should pray continually. That sounds like a tall order. But what I think Paul is saying here is that prayer should become as natural as breathing, with God as our automatic go-to in all circumstances, anywhere. So we can pray anytime and anywhere, But there's something important about being strategic and intentional about our prayer. Something important about setting time aside to pray. And that's what we're going to be exploring later in the service. For now, let's sing our first song together. The song, What Love My God. King David writes in the Psalms, My soul is satisfied as with the richest of feasts. With this thought in mind, we come to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are sufficient unto yourself. You don't need anything or anyone. But in your great love, you took the risk and humbly opened the door to us. You invited us and all of creation into your great feast of love. Lord, stir in us the desire to enter in through that open door. 
May all the things that almost satisfy us be seen for what they are as less than what we really need. For, Lord, we need only you. And you, in sending Jesus to live and die and rise again, have given yourself for us fully and without reserve. Thank you, Lord, for the gift and the opportunity that is prayer. That gift and opportunity to connect with you. Help us this morning to hear your voice concerning our prayer lives. And help us to move beyond any barriers that get in the way of us entering into your presence. We confess our sins and our failures, knowing that in Christ all is forgiven and nothing is impossible. We move on this day to a new day. Lord God, get us excited about what can be as we adventure in prayer as individuals and together as your people. And we pray now the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Next, could you turn in your Bibles now with me to Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 14. And let's... Read God's word together. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 14. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Amen. This is God's word. We have the pleasure this morning of having a guest preacher, my wife, Jane Fucella. Let's listen as Jane brings us God's word. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you again today. Before we look at God's word, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that when your disciples asked you how to pray, you answered by teaching them your prayer. Lord, today, as we study your word and look at the Lord's Prayer, we ask that you would speak to our hearts. Teach us just as you taught your disciples. We pray in your name. Amen. I recently watched a film that was probably one of the most challenging and inspiring films I've seen for a long time. It's called The War Room. Now, I hate war movies, so it's not the kind of film I would normally watch. But this particular war room was not your typical war room. The war room was a cupboard in an elderly lady's home. It was the place where she went to pray. The walls were covered in her prayer lists and prayer, prayers she'd written out. And it was clear she took praying very seriously and was intentional and strategic about it. And she saw answers to prayer. The stories about a family who are in crisis and what happens as this elderly lady engages in prayer for them. It is really inspiring. I have the DVD and I'm happy to lend it out if anyone wants to borrow it or you can watch it on Amazon Prime. So we're thinking about prayer. So if praying is a conversation with God, it needs to be about both listening and talking. So let's start by considering listening. Just as we can talk to God anywhere, anytime, so God speaks in many different ways, through the Bible, through things that just happen, through friends, and sometimes even through sermons. God sometimes speaks to our hearts when we least expect it. But I believe that God will also speak to us when we intentionally ask him to, when we listen. But in order to listen, we need to pause and be still. Psalm 46 verse 10 is where the words to the song we just sang come from. Be still and know that I am God. And what's really interesting about that psalm is the rest of the psalm is full of confusion and chaos. Things like mountains falling into the sea. And yet God says, despite all the chaos and noise around us, be still and know that I am God. I wonder how often you are intentionally still in the presence of God. Not just physically still either, but mentally still. For some people, I know it's very hard to find a time or a place to be still uninterrupted. In the passage we heard read from Matthew 6, Jesus says, Go into your room, close the door, away from all distractions. Can I suggest that you make a decision to set aside a place? It may just be a chair in the corner of a room or perhaps a cupboard to be still in for as little as five minutes every day. 
Once you've committed that five minutes to being in God's presence, the really difficult bit is to be still mentally. Your body may not be moving, but if your mind is anything like mine, it will be all over the place. Try setting a timer for five minutes and focusing on one word, maybe the word Jesus, or a phrase like, be still and know that I am God. What you will probably find is that when you first start doing this, for the first four and a half minutes, your mind is all over the place. But maybe the last 30 seconds, you will be still. If you make a point of doing it every day, then it will change. And eventually, you will feel like five minutes is not long enough to be still as you listen to hear God speak. He may not say anything dramatic. Or it may take months before you recognise his voice. But I promise you that if you are intentional and strategic about pausing and spending time being still before God, he will speak. And you will get used to hearing his voice and you will recognise it even when you're not intentionally listening. So before we move on and think about how we talk to God, we're going to be still. Let's be quiet in God's presence for a minute, expectant as you reflect on the service so far today or just focus on Jesus. Secondly, how can we be intentional and strategic in how we talk to God? Well, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus provides us with a blueprint of how, for how to pray. Maybe you've known the Lord's Prayer all your life. And maybe if you're honest, sometimes when you pray it, it's like praying by rote. Today, I want to help us to dig deeper into it and see how we can intentionally use it to be strategic in our prayers. Before I go any further, I want to say that we'll just be scratching the surface. Mike's done a whole series of sermons on the Lord's Prayer, and many of us have completed the prayer course, which is eight sessions on the Lord's Prayer. In fact, I would really like to take this opportunity to recommend the prayer course. The details are about it, all about it will be uh, in the description below this video. But uh, it, we hope to run a, a prayer course uh, in the future, but it, you can watch the videos and access the resources even if you're not part of a group doing it. Today, we're going to use a graphic that I've borrowed from Mike Breen to help us to go deeper into the Lord's Prayer. And some of you have heard me talk about this before. The prayer divides neatly into six sections. So we're going to use a hexagon, the six-sided shape you remember from your geometry lessons. 
to help us to think about each section in the prayer and to guide our praying. So firstly, the Lord's Prayer speaks to us about the Father's character. Our Father in heaven. Jesus uses this word Abba, which translates as Daddy. It's an intimate name for God, because God longs for us to be intimate with him. As we pray, we imagine ourselves resting in his arms as we speak to him, knowing he wants to listen to us, just like a daddy wants to listen to their child talking about their day. Whoever we are and however fumbling we feel our prayers are, he doesn't judge. He accepts us as we are when we come to him in prayer. And moving on, hallowed be thy name. God is intimate, but he is also holy. This old-fashioned word hallow means to show respect for a holy God, a God who is to be praised and worshipped. So when we come to prayer, it's good to start by spending time praising God for who he is, appreciating and giving thanks for the character of God. Secondly, the Father's kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is king and this part of the prayer grounds us in the Father's kingdom, the reign and rule of God on the earth and the uniting of heaven and earth together. This is a way of us saying to God, we want what you want. We want to see your kingdom here and now. This kingdom, the kingdom of light and love, freedom and justice, mercy and forgiveness, healing and wholeness. And so that is what we pray for, for our world, for the situations we're in, for our community and for individuals. Thirdly, the Father's provision. Give us this day our daily bread. We have so many different needs. We have physical needs for daily bread, for food, shelter, clothing, health, and spiritual and emotional needs for things like love, hope and faith. God promises to meet our needs when we call on him. He has the means to feed us whatever our hunger is. And this is where we pull up a chair at the Father's table in anticipation that he will feed us from his great wealth. We aren't asking for a lifetime of needs to be met, but each day we express our dependence on him. We ask not because God doesn't know our needs, of course he does, but because this is what Jesus has told us to do. Asking demonstrates not only our need, but our trust in his provision for us. And we ask for ourselves and for others. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. The fourth section of our prayer is about the Father's forgiveness. Here we admit that we have sinned and acknowledge God's forgiveness. The Father has forgiven us through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. But we also remember that we must forgive others with the same measure that we have been forgiven. Forgiveness restores our relationship with God and with each other as God's grace comes to us on its way to someone else. Next, the Father's guidance. Lead us not into temptation. 
As we move into our communities and world to serve others with the love of Jesus, we pray for the Father's guidance and for strength to avoid temptation into sinful thoughts, words and deeds. There is so much to tempt us, to pull us away from God's direction for us. So we pray that we won't give in to that temptation, but we will serve him and others with pure hearts focused on his kingdom. And we ask God to lead us and guide us in his perfect will and way. And lastly, we pray for the Father's protection. Deliver, deliver us from the evil one is a way of praying for God's strength to live out our faith despite persecution, attack, risk or temptation from the devil. We don't have to look far to see the evil one at work. We are praying for God's protection as we live for him. It doesn't mean that troubles won't come, that temptations won't come, that the devil won't try to deceive us, but we know that evil is destined for defeat. So we go boldly into the world in the strength of God's ultimate victory. So there you have it. How to go deeper with the Lord's Prayer. But how do we actually do it? This isn't meant to be just some nice theory with a pretty visual. It needs to be practical if it's to be of any use. Some of you may know that one of the things I've been doing in the last six or seven weeks is trying to run. I've never run before and I've been using the Couch Potato to 5K app. And I got stuck on week seven. In week seven, you're meant to run for 25 minutes without stopping. And uh, I have tried several times and failed miserably each time. But on Friday morning, I decided that I was going to pray around the hexagon as I ran. And amazingly, I ran the whole 25 minutes. So this is what I did. I began by praising God for his love for me as his child and for how amazing he is, creator, healer, saviour and Lord. And I find that as I praise him and thank him, he brings to mind more things to praise and thank him for. Gratitude is great fuel for praising God for who he is. I have worship music playing when I run, and that really helps too to think about the character of God. Then I prayed for God's kingdom to come. I thought through the day ahead and I prayed for opportunities that I might have to make earth look a little bit more like heaven and asked that God would empower me to recognise those opportunities and take hold of them. I also thought about the news, particularly the shocking news of the explosion in Beirut, along with the worldwide situation of Covid. And I asked that the characteristics of God's kingdom, such as love and truth and justice and mercy and power and healing, would be evident in both of those situations. Next, I prayed for the needs of the day. I prayed that God would meet my needs and the needs of my family, church, community and the wider world. I prayed for those that I know specifically who are sick and hurting and asked God to meet their particular needs that day. And I thought about those who are hungry and broken and asked that God not only would meet their needs, but would use me to share with someone so that they might receive what they need. I then prayed for forgiveness. I confessed the things that God brought to my mind that needed to be confessed, including the ways in which I failed to forgive others. And I asked God to forgive me 
and to bring to mind others that I needed to forgive and help me to do that. I then prayed for God's wisdom and guidance for the day, that God would keep me from distraction and give me the strength to carry out the work he had for me, which on that particular day was getting ready to preach a sermon. I prayed that I would recognise when evil is prowling at the door, tempting and deceiving me, and for God to guide my thoughts and desires in ways that honour him. And lastly, I prayed for protection, God's protection on me, on those I love and on those who love him from the attacks of the devil. I prayed that God would give me holy boldness to speak his truth and not fear the consequences. And I prayed for the defeat of evil in the world and for God's ultimate victory to come soon. And I ran for 25 minutes as I prayed. So it's not about praying a long prayer. I don't think it even took me the full 25 minutes. In Matthew 6, in fact, Jesus cautions against that. Rather, it's about praying in a way that reflects our dependence on the Father. I find that this way of praying shapes me and shapes my day, which is the reason why Jesus taught us to pray in this way. It's not the only way to use this tool. You might choose one phrase a day or take one subject you're particularly concerned about and pray around this hexagon shape for that one subject. Or as you listen to God, he might highlight a particular facet of the prayer to focus on. The point is that it's a tool that you might use to help engage deeper with this prayer that Jesus commanded us to pray. Let's hear from Maggie, who's done the prayer course and has also been using the hexagon to pray the Lord's Prayer. We're on. So, good morning, Maggie. It's great to have you with us as part of our service today. Um, and I particularly wanted to interview you because I want to ask you about your experience with the prayer course and also with the, using the hexagon to pray. So maybe you could start off by just telling us about using the hexagon. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, the hexagon was one of several tools that we looked at in the, in the prayer course, and I found it particularly useful for situations that were maybe quite complex. You know, sometimes if you've got um, a situation where there's just so much going on and you, you feel quite powerless and you don't know even what to pray for. So, for example, with at the time we did it, the COVID lockdown was just starting and there was so much going on, people taking unwell, people struggling with the impact of lockdown, um, worrying about the economics of the situation and, and sometimes it was just difficult to know where to start in your prayers with that. So actually I found using the hexagon tool was really useful just to, to think more about the themes and kind of go around the hexagon and, and, and think more about God's character and, and handing it over to God and relying on his provision. Um, so I found it particularly useful in, in that context. Um, I tried it with a few different situations. Um, and at one point I was playing around as well and, and tried using my whole physicality, using my body and kind of thinking, standing in a space and thinking of over the hexagon around me and, and thinking about each 
section as I was praying. And um, that was actually very powerful and very useful. So I, I found it a, a really good tool. That's and just right. a completely different, completely different way of praying than I've ever used before. So it was kind of fun to play with something different as well. Brilliant. And, and I guess a, a bit of an eye-opener to, to depth in the Lord's Prayer that perhaps you hadn't thought of before. That's right, yes, yes. I mean, when we started the prayer course and realised it was going to be sort of several weeks all centred around the Lord's Prayer, and I thought, oh, how's this going to work? <laughs> but actually, when we got into it, I, I was pleasantly surprised because there was so much depth to it and so many different ways of um, using that prayer that Jesus taught us to kind of access the different aspects of of prayer life and um and the different aspects of our relationship with God so it was it was actually really useful and, and there were lots of different suggestions and tools and tips that we covered um and also the fact that we were doing it as a group together was really really just really helped to share how we were finding things and and developing along the way and for us the the timing of it was quite important as well because while we were in the midst of the course, we then it went into lockdown and we started doing it online instead. And it was really good to have that connection with a, a small group of people um, and know that we were praying for each other and, and helping each other through that time. So I found it really useful. That's great. So would you recommend it to others? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, definitely. So based on based on their father, so there's nothing scary about it. Um, and, you know, the, the videos are, are really easy to watch and accessible. Um, and it maybe took a little bit getting used to just talking with each other about our prayer life, which wasn't something that I was kind of all that familiar with uh, before, but I actually found it really useful to build those bonds and, and build that connection with other people. That's great. Thank you, Maggie. I think if, if anybody's interested in doing the prayer course, we will run another course, but you can also access the videos online and the information about those videos will be available. So thanks very much, Maggie, um, and we'll see you soon. Bye okay, for now. Thank you. thank you, Maggie. That was great. Finally, one last comment. One of the most important words as we think about the Lord's Prayer is the first one, our Father. This is a pray that we pray together, prayer that we pray together as a church family. We are community and as such Jesus calls us to pray together as one body, one voice. The early church understood this, they together were devoted to prayer and I'm sure used the Lord's Prayer to guide their prayers. And we are united around this prayer. In the past, some of us have set the alarms on our phones for midday each day to remind us to stop whatever we're doing and pray the Lord's Prayer together. As we move forward as a church, can I suggest we do that again as a reminder that we as a church are called to pray together following the example and model of Jesus. So let's set our watches or our clocks or our phones for midday and pray this prayer. Let's pray together now.
Lord Jesus, thank you that you have given us this prayer that has such incredible depth to it. Help us, Lord, to pray the Lord's Prayer and to go deep into you as we lift the situations and the people and the concerns for the world that we have before you. Lord Jesus, teach us to pray. Amen. Lord God, we praise you that you are sovereign over all. Nothing is beyond your understanding. Nothing is hidden from you. Thank you that even when we don't understand and cannot see the future, you turn all things to good. Thank you that you see the big picture and that we can trust you. Thank you, Lord, for your great faithfulness and your love. And thank you, Father, that you long for us to come before you in prayer. Hear our prayers now, we ask. This morning we pray for your kingdom to come in this world, a kingdom where love overturns hate, where selflessness overturns greed, where righteousness overturns corruption, where respect for all overturns prejudice, where justice overturns oppression and injustice, where your mercy and compassion, healing and power are evident to all. We pray all of this particularly asking for your kingdom to come this day in the city of Beirut. There are so many needs we want to bring to your table today, Lord. We pray especially for the injured and bereaved in Beirut. Touch them with your healing power. We pray for any who are still, who still have loved ones missing. May they be found quickly, and for all who have been made homeless, may they have shelter and help to rebuild. We pray for the many businesses that have been destroyed. And we bring before you the people involved in delivering aid and medical care. Meet their needs for energy, wisdom and compassion. And Lord, we pray for your church in the Lebanon, that you would equip them so that they can be your hands and feet, bringing your light and love into this dark situation. Thank you that you are a God who promises to provide and loves to bless. In the silence we bring before you the needs of any known to us today who are suffering or in want and ask you to provide for and bless them. Lord God, show us as a nation and as individuals how we can help meet the needs of those who suffer. Guide us, Lord, in all that you would have us do for you this week. Give us the strength to resist temptation and to follow your lead. And finally, Lord, we ask you to protect us from the attacks of the evil one. Help us to recognise the lies, temptations and divisiveness that the devil delights in bringing into our communities and to resist in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your promise that when we submit to you and resist the devil, he will flee. We bring all these prayers before you, Lord, trusting in your love and power. Amen. <laughs> 